Hello everyone and welcome to the return of Beyond the Iron Sea, the podcasting equivalent of the West London village of Sipson. Yes, it's a highbrow strap joke this week, deal with it. Coming up on today's programme, news of possibly the band's first festival announcement of the summer, an introduction to the UK Tours Support Act, some analysis of just why Perfect Symmetry stiffed in the charts, and we'll be playing back another couple of tracks from the band's mixtape. And that's all coming up on today's hot injection of Beyond the Iron Sea action. But first, some incisive comment from Mr. Jesse Quinn. From Jesse Quinn's blog. I'm ashamed to say that my friend Tom and I both have the same tattoo, which says Satchel in Arabic. What a pair of geeks. Beyond the INC understands that Keane have been invited to play at this year's Glastonbury Festival at the end of June. The festival is due to make an initial announcement about some of the bands appearing on the lineup on February the 1st, and we reckon that Keane will be amongst the names included in that announcement. Now, um, it'd be their first appearance at the festival in four years, having previously played the Saturday Night Sunset Slot under Coldplay and New Order in 2005. We're expecting the band to be playing a really wide range of festivals this summer, and, and not just in England, but all over Europe and North America as well. So keep a lookout for lineup announcements in the next few weeks. And if we have any further information, we'll be sure to let you know. Now, you know there was betting on the Saturday headliner at Glastonbury this year? Ah, uh, yeah, I did hear you mention something, actually. Have you got a few pounds riding on a certain <laughs> act? I, I have £17.46. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Genuinely, £17. Is that just what you could find in your pockets at the time? <laughs> well, um, it was the most they'd allow me to put on. <laughs> really? I, I asked for the maximum bet on, on Bruce Springsteen, because someone told me that he's playing on Saturday night. Excellent. Uh, what odds? Six to one. That's, that's pretty good, actually. Anyway, rehearsals are already underway for the Super Mega Ultra Tour. And that's probably not the official title. Um, that's going to begin in Belfast in just a couple of weeks' time. With such big venues booked, they're going to have to put on a massive production to fill them. Um, we've not belonged to the rehearsals, mainly because, firstly, we've not been invited. Secondly, we don't know where they are. And thirdly, we've been sort of busy. But um, I, I went along to one for one of the previous tours, and what they usually do is they you know, have a huge sort of warehouse kind of studio kind of thing. And they have the whole stage set up exactly as it will be for the gigs themselves, you know, video screens, extra equipment, whatever gimmick's going to be used for the show, and then just sort of run through things as much as they can before they before they go out. There's due to be a full report from the rehearsal studios on the official website in the next few days, so look out for that one. Now, however big those gimmicks are, you really need a, a special party starter for a set of shows like this. And the support act who's going to be that party starter has now been revealed. And, as Tim told us last month, but we weren't allowed to tell you... Sorry about that. <laughs> up-and-coming electropop act Frank Music will be opening at all of the forthcoming shows. Um, he gave the crowd at the XFM Christmas party um, just, um, what, a few weeks ago at 229 a sort of a taste of his talents by playing a short DJ set before Keane played. and He played his own remix of Perfect Symmetry in the middle of that set. That was pretty arrogant, I thought. I mean... You know, I think most most people hadn't actually realised he was DJing at the time. I think people thought it was more strange for having the the Keen track played rather than it being his own remix. But I think having the two together just made it made it even better. Um, but yeah, at the arena dates, he'll be playing uh, his own stuff. And I think you've got something queued up. And what is this, Chris? I have indeed. This is three little words. I actually like that a lot. 
It's it's a bit different, isn't it? It's a bit different to dull indie bands that we might perhaps have seen in the past. Actually, some, of the, some of the pap that supported Keno for the last... We did make a list, didn't we, once when we were sitting down, and it was pretty dire. How many of them have still got record deals now? Good question. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, the announcement that he will be supporting has not received a, a hugely fantastic response from the ever critical keen fans <laughs> um to be honest that's probably got more to do with the fact that when he did do his dj set at 229 it was played at the, the most ridiculous ear-splitting volume um mm. and and he did play some some crazy stuff remember him playing vangelis yeah vangelis vangelis <laughs> we don't do pronunciation very well do we um I think it's definitely worth a, a listen, though. I, I wouldn't turn up late or anything. And, of course, if you don't like him, I believe they've started serving drinks at venues these days. What a good idea. I have a list for you, Chris. Oh, really? I do, indeed. Um, what do all the following songs have in common? Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day by Wizard and What I've Done by Linkin Park. Hmm. They all feature a band member with curious facial hair? It's good. It's good, but it's not right, Chris. The answer is that they all sold more copies last week than Keane's new single, Perfect Symmetry. Ah, of course. Now, this was the first time the band have seen one of their singles fail to chart in the UK Top 100 in the week after release, and it comes in the wake of the previous single, The Lovers Are Losing, failing to sell enough copies to trouble the Top 40. So you're probably asking, does this mean that Keane's popularity is fading away? Has the album failed to find an audience? And is their future now under threat? Now, those questions and others like them have appeared on the message board in the past couple of weeks. And there does seem to be this sort of, I don't know, this... I don't know, malaise, sort of like a general feeling of gloom about the future of, of the band amongst some of the more, you know, chipper, hardcore fans. Yeah, but what do we think, Andrew? I don't know, there's... <laughs> of the questions you posed, I think there's no way for us to answer these questions definitively. I think the only way to be really objective about this is to look at exactly what you want to achieve. With a single, when you bring a single out, what do you want to happen? Yeah, I mean, we mentioned back when the single was announced that the main objective should really be to encourage people to go out and buy the album. So I think it makes sense that if you're the record label, you'd much rather people were out there spending £10 on the album rather than 79 pence on downloading the single. And in that respect, I think the single has been something of a, a qualified success. Because if you look at the album chart this week, uh, the album's leapt up by almost 30 places. Mm. But um, another thing you were talking about before we came on air was uh, the lack of material from these sessions. I mean, there's only really been two B-sides and a yeah, bonus track. Um, definitely. You, this is this is a related issue, honestly, because you look back at the singles that accompany Hopes and Fears, and I think the lowest charting position from one of those was, what, 22? Something like that. That was this the last time. Um, and they, they each contain two brand new B-sides on each uh, each single. So if you buy them all, you end up with eight additional songs in addition to the 12 that you had on the record, which is fantastic fantastic value really encourage people to value the single as an entity yeah but i mean on this one what we've had is time to go and staring at the ceiling which have accompanied the record so far and uh, a Surely, couple of um, a couple of remixes but i mean if frank music's been putting them on his myspace then that you know they're count. all out there somewhere and you know surely they recorded more than what, two four, 14 songs in, yeah if you in total? include my shadow yeah um so yeah, I think it says to me that sort of getting people out there to buy um, download bundles or CD singles isn't really a priority for them. Um, they're not really interested in chasing it. 
So in that sense, I guess it doesn't matter to them where it charts because they're not really trying to maximise the potential of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I suppose the, the main objective is to put the song out there so that it's on the radio and bring the band back to the attention of the casual listener, but I'm not sure how successful that yeah, has I been. Mean, on the other hand, I mean, I, I haven't seen any radio play figures for Perfect Symmetry, but I don't think it's done as well as previous singles have. Um, usually Chris has a, a copy of Music Week knocking around, which has these charts in. Um, but he doesn't have one at the moment, so we can't tell you, basically. Um, I'd be interested to see how it's done, though. Yeah, I'm just a little bit mystified, actually, as to you know the point of a single if they're not selling huge quantities of them, if they're not giving away huge amounts of tracks, if they're not getting huge exposure. I mean, what is the point of releasing another single? Yeah. So do we think this has been a failure? I think almost certainly. Um, yeah, I've got to agree, unfortunately. Um... I mean, what what was the point of the exercise? No, um, I mean, as I've just said, the, the bit it was none. It didn't sell well, you know, as we were just saying, not much radio play. Um, it wasn't very well promoted because of Christmas, um, in the way. Um, although it was out in one of the weeks of the year which has, you know, some of the worst sales. So you would expect at least, a, a, you know, something in terms of chart position, but... It may well have been that it, it sold fewer than a, a few hundred copies. So we're saying it achieved next to nothing and the album's still a long way from doing as well as the last two? Pretty much. Um, we're not exactly sure what else to say, really. Let's move swiftly onwards then and bring you a couple more tracks which you might expect to hear before the show at Keane's upcoming tour. Yes, it's time for our mixtape review and we're starting with this. Paper Planes by M.I.A., who Tim has been championing for a few years now. Yes, she's an artist of Sri Lankan origin, um, often quite controversial for some provocative political statements that she likes to make in her songs. Yeah, and uh, you may have heard another song of hers, Pull Up the People, from her Arula album. Oh, Arula? <laughs> I, uh, we we're not very know. good at pronunciation on this podcast, are we? Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you've probably heard that on... on one of the the last couple of tours and if you go to see Danny Boyle's um, excellent new film um, Slumdog Millionaire you'll probably hear it on the soundtrack to that too cool so next up is something you'll either love or hate Um, (laughs) do you need us to tell you that that was the Ting Tings that one is That's Not My Name from the album We Started Nothing, which was probably unlucky to miss out on the Mercury Music Prize last year. And just in case you don't know who they are, they were formed out of the ashes of failed pop band Dear Eskimo. Oh! <laughs> and they've become fairly ubiquitous over the past year and have established themselves as one of the premier pop acts in the country. This is reading like their biography. Oh, them! I knew I you'd know who they are. I hadn't heard of the Ting Tings, but Dear Eskimo, I remember them. Tim has been raving about them on the blog a few times this year, and I think this is another example of one of his selections from the playlist. And we'll have another couple of mixtape hits for you next time out. From Jesse Quinn's blog. Question. Is Lil Wayne the most overrated rapper ever? Answer. 
Yeah, he's crap. Beyond the That's all from the first BTIS of 2009, but before we go, there's something important we need to ask you guys. We're recording a special episode in a couple of weeks' time, which will be about the attitude of various fans around the world to seeing the band play. And we want to hear from as many of you as possible who are planning to see the band in 2009. Yep. What we want to know is, what are your plans for the day of the concert? Are you planning to arrive at 7pm and take your seat just in time for the support? Roll up at 9 and stand by the sound desk? Drink all day outside. That's my plan. Are you planning to queue from 9am in order to hear the sound check? Or will you be hanging around until the early hours in the hope of picking up an autograph, or more, from the band? Or are you planning to take it even further than that? Whatever your plans, we really want to hear from you as soon as possible. Send us your emails to tour at beyondtheinc.com. And if you'd like to remain anonymous for whatever reason, we will respect your wishes. So that really is it for this episode. So until next time, goodbye.